Johnny, say it like you mean it. Have you ever had to apologize twice as a kid because you had a loving parent? Listen to your apology and say, that wasn't a real one. And you're like, Mom, I said I'm sorry. (laughs) No, no, Johnny, say it like you mean it. Today in our mini-series, we are talking about Say It Like You Mean It, the power of tonality and what it conveys in a conversation. If you're joining us fresh, we are on week five out of five of our mini-series called Winning With Words here on The Driven Entrepreneur. I'm your host, Matt Browning. Last week, we had a phenomenal episode called Never Say Never, and we taught and talked all about the, wor- the universal words in our life, the nevers, the always, and the everies, when to use them and when not to. And we've had some really, really great episodes so far. So talked about how words create reality in episode one, how your words you use create your realities. Don't say don't. We talked about negative language and actually when you can use it effectively. Episode three was getting unstuck with words. And look, if you've been with me this whole time, you're like, yeah, yeah, get on with the show. I get it. But some of you, you might just be listening for the first time in your car. You might have just stumbled across this on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. You just hit the subscribe button, or you're about to right now to make sure you don't miss anything. I want to let you know if you go back in the archive, they're always free. There's no paywall or anything. But if you go back every Teaching Tuesday, so you'll see in the feed, every other episode has been a teaching that we do on Tuesdays. We do interviews on Fridays, and the mini-series goes out every single Tuesday. So check it out, subscribe, you won't miss a one. Uh, we are on episode 5 out of 5, winning with words, say it like you mean it. Let's jump in. Welcome to the Driven Entrepreneur, where we sit down with visionaries, trailblazers, and entrepreneurs, and discover why how they do what they do. We'll get the backstory, plus plenty of life and business lessons along the way. Here's your host, Matt Browning. Hey, this episode is brought to you by my very own NLP practitioner course. I've been teaching neuro-linguistic programming, or NLP, for nearly 15 years. It is the most powerful tool for communication on the planet. And it can be yours today. For a very limited time, I'm giving away my entire NLP course workbook for free. Go to nlpwithmatt.com. All the patterns, all the tools, and the techniques of NLP in the complete course workbook, the same one that we use to teach our live certification classes, yours free. nlpwithmatt.com. Get it today. Let's get back to the show. Iranian professor Albert Morabian was very, very, he became very famous and very popular for his work on emotional communication. Now, he was a UCLA professor, and one of the, probably his most famous study of all time, it's now taught in colleges across the, definitely across America, perhaps across the world, uh, is all about the percentage of communication based on words, tonality, and physiology, or your facial expressions, your body language, and so forth. Now, I want to clarify something real quick. Dr. Morabian was not talking about communication by itself. He didn't think that 7% of communication was the words, 38% of communication was tone, and 55% of communication was physiology. He's actually corrected this many times because people have taken it out of context, so I want you to know the truth right now. What it was actually about was a study of emotional communi- uh, emotional communication. Easy for me to say. Emotional communication. 
We're not communicating here. Or are we? Emotional communication. What he really found was that when you want to communicate and convey emotion, how you feel about something or how someone else should feel about what you said, 55% of what you communicate emotionally is communicated through physiology. So when I look at you and I say, I love you so much, or I'm so sorry, but my facial expression is an incongruent, different facial expression. Like what if I said, I'm so sorry with that tone and those words? Well, but what if my face had a bored look and I rolled my eyes? Would you feel different? Yes or no? <laughs> Obviously you feel different. You probably wouldn't feel like I'm sorry. So today we're going to talk about how to say it like you mean it. So tone. Tonality is a huge part of this. So Moravian found that 7% of, of emotional communication is words. So the actual words you say. That is very important. The words are hugely important. We study in neuro-linguistic programming and NLP a ton on words. Words, I mean, words are so crucial. Yet when it comes to emotional communication, 38% of what's communicated is tonality and the 55 is physiology. So we're going to center today on tonality. How do you say it the way you want it? And it's really interesting, you know, there, there's different uh, tones to watch for. So what exactly is a tone? We know why it's important, yes? Because what if you're talking to someone and you're on the phone? Have you ever texted with somebody and got miscommunicated? You ever had that happen before? You texted and they're like, hey, a little harsh. And you're like, what? Are you mad at me? No, of course not. What are you talking about? And you realize that you were walking on the go, so you gave a really quick word. Or I found sometimes uh, some people, I'll text with someone who's a little older and they don't have good, uh, they don't have the reading glasses on, right? So for them to text every word, they're kind of like looking at it and they'll text very short because it takes them longer to text. And it's fascinating because it just takes them longer to text. So they text with brevity. They shorten the responses and they say simple things like, okay, sounds good. And maybe what I would want to say is, Okay, that's wonderful. Sounds good. Thanks so much. Looking forward to it. <laughs> but what they meant and what they wanted to say was actually that, but they said something shorter. So have you ever lost, you ever wondered like, man, like before they had emoticons, smiley faces and poop emojis and all that stuff, did you ever just wish that you could send tone through a text message? And there's a lot of people today that tell me, man, I hate text messages. And that's exactly why. So how do you recover the tone? Well, you're, if you're in front of somebody, of course, you have your facial expressions and your tone. If you're on the phone, you only have your tone. Uh, and it's pretty darn important. So let's talk about the few different kinds of tone that you can use. And again, today in, in this mini-series, what my hope is, is I'd, I want to talk to you about concepts that are, you're fairly familiar with. But at the same time, these are concepts that we can go deeper on and give you some details around. Uh, excuse me, give you some, uh, some ways to, uh, to get into the, the nuance of it and understand it a little further. So what about tone? Well, here's a few specific things you can look for in tone. Number one is volume. Number two is timber or quality. And if you're not driving and you want to take notes, you know that Tuesdays are a great time to be ready with your notes when the episode comes out because, well, it's Teaching Tuesdays and hopefully you're going to walk away with some really, really uh, juicy, useful nuggets. So timber, the quality of your voice. Number three is the length of words. So how long does the actual word you say stretch out? And then number four is your pitch. And that's what people also refer to as just tone. And we'll break each one of those down in just a second. So volume. 
pay attention to sometimes the volume in which you 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 speak. How if you're, for instance, a, a loud talking person by nature, you you tend to talk louder. How do you feel when someone's trying to convey emotion to you and they're trying to talk to you, but they they talk really quietly? They give this little soft sort of mousy type voice, and you know, hi, can, can are you turning up your speakers? Well, don't turn up too much because I'm about to get louder. And then the loud talking people come. Well, what's the right way to be? Well, we say at NLP that if you're building rapport with someone, the best way, the best tone to use is a similar tone to what the other person's using. You know, so if I'm talking to a, a loud talking, kind of outward, gregarious, extroverted person, well, I'm probably going to get myself a little more into that mode. I'm going to get a little louder. I'm going to get a little more direct, maybe. I'm going to use my hands more, that kind of thing. And what will happen is they'll be like, all right, I don't know what it is about this guy, but I like him. And if I'm talking to someone who's a little quieter, a little more contemplative, maybe, which sometimes go hand in hand, not always, but sometimes, and they're thinking about things and, and so forth, and then they say, well, this is how I feel. Am I going to come at them and be like, yeah, you know what? That's how I feel. Like It doesn't match. So one of the first lessons, we might do a whole section on rapport, a new episode maybe on rapport at some point. But you know, a simple lesson for this, when we talk about say it like you mean it, is if you're building rapport with someone, you can have a similar volume or timber or tone or length of words similar to someone else. And that can be a useful thing. But when it comes to saying it like you mean it, how do you say it like you mean it? How do you convince someone that what you're saying is what you actually mean? Interesting, right? And again, I'm only talking right now about tone. Certainly, your facial expression should connect and, and be congruent with what you're saying, like we talked about earlier. But just on tone itself, what's the, so ask yourself a couple of questions. I want to say something to someone, and let's say you know a few obvious ones, like, I love you. I'm sorry. And maybe let's do a, a negative one like, well, not a negative, but you know, a, a more forceful one. Like maybe you're setting a boundary and you say, hey, this can never happen again. How about that? So these are the three examples we'll use for the episode. So when we look at volume, just ask yourself, what volume makes the most sense? You know, how do I convey this more, more accurately, more authentically? Well, maybe if I'm, if I'm saying to someone, I love you, Maybe I want to scream at the top of the rooftops and that's what's going to get them because I'm in a musical by Disney and I need to say, I love you. But most likely I'm probably sitting with them. I'm probably close to them. You know, maybe I'm holding my wife and I'm holding her hand. I'm looking in her eyes and I'm a few inches away. So what kind of volume do I want to say? If I just looked at her and said, with all the sincerity, pretend I have all the sincerity in my face or imagine, don't pretend because I do, (laughs) but, uh, imagine I have all the sincerity in my face and the words are accurate. I'm going to say, I love you, but I'm a few inches away from her. And I look at her and say, I love you. Isn't that like feel weird? And the reason it feels weird is the volume is too high. So if you just drop the volume down, what if instead I looked at her a few inches away from her face and said, I love you. I love you so much. Just a simple lowering of volume can change how someone feels about what you say. Interesting, isn't it? Just consider that. Now, maybe I need to tell someone this can never happen again. Would it be weird if I looked at them with a low volume and said, this can never happen again? Maybe, but I might want to raise my volume a little bit. I might say, hey, this can never 
happen again. Are we clear? Maybe I need to have more volume and that conveys a little more force. So just options. So here's, again, what I want you to take away from the, the beginning of this is none of these are right and wrong. It's not like there's a correct volume to have for everything. But if you these are specific nuance that you can think about. Usually when somebody says, you know, and I've run into this a lot with clients and NLP students that, you know, some situation at home usually, um, so, you know, it's some scenario where the guy's saying, I, I, I'm being authentic. Like, I really am authentic. I really mean what I'm saying. But my significant other doesn't buy it. They doesn't feel like that to them. And all the feedback they get is, I just, it doesn't feel real. Or I don't think you mean that. It's like, I do mean it. So the feedback is, I don't think you mean it. That's terrible feedback because I don't know what to do about it. I don't know how to change it. If I really am being authentic, I don't know how to say it like I mean it. So these are some specific questions you can ask. You can ask yourself or even ask a partner, right? You can say, when I said that, because I was so loud, did that come across like I was more trying to be more intimidating? Because I didn't mean to be intimidating. That wasn't my intention. <laughs> I say that at least once a day at some point. That I'm so sorry. That wasn't my intention. What I meant to do was encourage you, but instead it sounded like I was judging what you were going through, and that's not my intention. So clarifying things is really good, but when you can get specific on which of the tonality uh, qualities were the culprit, that can really help. So does that help a little bit with volume? I hope so. I'm asking as if we're interacting. We are, um, but I can't hear your voice yet. Hey, if you do have questions on this, or if you think I'm completely full of it, or you want to ask a, a future question on it, follow me at Instagram or Facebook at Matt Browning, especially when I put out videos or audios of these the podcast radio show going out on the social media channels. It's at Matt Browning, B-R-A-U-N-I-N-G. And ask me any questions you want. I'm, I'm serious. Like Go DM me or follow a post and comment when I put a podcast question. And right now, do that. If, you, if, if you're not driving and you can, and you have any questions on what I'm talking about right now, just head on over there uh, to at Matt Browning, Instagram, Facebook, even YouTube or Twitter, by all means. Go on there and ask me what you got. All right, number two is timber. So timber is another word for the, it's the professional word for the quality of your voice. So sometimes you can have kind of a, a raspy quality, or you can have a really smooth quality. Remember this? Hi, I'm Casey Kasem. He was, well, that was a little more raspy. That was too raspy. Hi, I'm Casey Kasem. I'm not doing a good Casey Kasem. I don't know if you're old, even old enough to remember Casey Kasem. But at any rate, Casey Kasem had that timber that was unbelievably smooth. And then there's other people that have kind of a kind of a, a, a raspy quality in their voice, you know, they just kind of, that's how they talk, you know, if you ever, uh, if you're a wrestling fan, you know, I am, if you listen to this show for any length of time, I work in uh, wrestling somewhere, how about the macho man Randy Savage, oh yeah, <coughs> gosh, I can't even do that, <coughs> dying here, yeah, dig it, so, uh, you know, uh, Miss Elizabeth, I gotta tell you, uh, like, this is how he would talk, you know, um, yeah, just, uh, freak out, freak out, okay, yeah, dig it, oh, yeah, so you got the macho man, he was, like, the ultimate, uh, timber, yeah, you know, the quality, and then you got Casey Kasem, who's a smooth timber, well, do you think, I don't know, maybe there's situations where it calls for a little <laughs> macho man, I can't believe I did that live on the air, this is amazing. My life has come full circle, and you are a part of it. Thank you for that. 
<laughs> but you know, maybe there's a time for for a better, uh, a, a more raspy quality. Maybe the, a rough quality. Maybe there's a time for a more smooth quality. Okay. Um, you know, do you do you want to talk like you're lonely and a child to sleep, or do you want to go? All right, guys, let's get into it. Yes. You know, maybe it's, you know, raspy is a little more excited. And sometimes, you know, I hear people say things like, you know, someone is has such a smooth tone, it feels like they're too polished. And that's why you'll hear me even like on this radio show. I'll do that quite a bit on the podcast. You know, I, I've practiced being less professional, if that makes any sense. You know, uh, it's funny, like people put on a headset and get in front of a microphone And so many people instantly feel like they have to say, okay, so this is the podcast and this is our radio show. Now, next up, here's what we're going to do. Number one. And like everything has to be smooth and everything has to be the same. And it's like, that's boring. It's boring for for audio. No, people don't really want it. So so I I practice, like right now, I'm I'm practicing this. And I say my, you know, I change my timber a little bit. Um, And and I practice, you know, and and I'm going to get to the next one. That's actually changing pitch. So sometimes you want to have a high pitch, like somebody gives you crazy news and you go, what? Are you kidding me right now? And what if you said, what? Are you kidding me right now? That conveys something totally different than what? Are you kidding me? Why would you say that? If I raise my pitch, that might be more congruent with how I want to respond to you. And then you know that I'm actually caring. But, you know, again, if... if, uh, uh, we, my, I feel like I use my wife and I so much in examples, but I just, I, we talk a lot and I use the examples, uh, you know, like it, it's for any marriage, but it's like, oh, I'd rather talk about me than just like random people. Um, but I promise we have amazing good times, but if she came home and she was like, Hey, here's some bad news or here's something I'm struggling with. And I was like, what, why would she do that? It's like, now that's conveying that I'm more annoyed at the person which is actually not what she wants. She wants me to know that she wants to know that I care about her and how she feels, not that I'm annoyed at the person. See, a lot of times, especially as a guy, like I'm like, oh, I want to go fight for you. It's like, well, I don't need you to fight for me. I just need you to care about me. So there's a little nugget right there. Don't fight for me. Care about me. So pitch. You can have a high pitch or you can have a low pitch. And one of the things I, I teach in our speaker programs, our, we have our, our 10x Advantage speaker training program. And this is awesome. It's a group coaching program with a live element and, and one-on-one coaching, getting everyday business owners and speakers ready to take the stage and grow their business through public speaking. One of the things we teach from the NLP perspective is all about how to fluctuate your vocal pattern so you're more interesting. That's what it takes, is interesting. You don't, the last thing you want to be, no matter how smooth you are, is monotone. So fluctuate your pitch, have a high pitch, have a low pitch, have a loud volume, have a, a low volume, get that timber, you know, kind of a different quality, oh yeah, dig it, or have a smooth quality sometimes, you know what I mean, yeah, okay, and then the last one, I said this one third, but this is going to be last, so we talked about volume, we talked about timber, quality, we talked about pitch or tone, the fourth one is the length of your words themselves, and you're like, you might be thinking, What? words are all whatever length the words are. Yeah, but how long does it take you to say each word? You can say the same word. You can say word, 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 dog. Does anyone say that? I don't think so anymore. But you can say the same word all different lengths. 
So my question for you is, what do the different lengths mean? And the answer is, not necessarily anything, but consider in each situation if you might want to slow your words down or speed them up. So maybe you're really excited and you go, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I can't believe it, it's so exciting, oh, I'm so proud of you, ah, oh, you're the best. You might want to speed your words up and tell someone how proud you are, I'm so proud of you. But maybe what you want to convey is a, a different, um, deeper, heartfelt sense of, of pride. So you might say something like, you look them in the eye and you say, I am so proud of you. See how the length of the words, the speed in which you're, you're speaking can differ long and short, and it might mean something different when you're doing it. One that, that I've been talking to my son Val quite a bit with, he's eight years old, and I talk about his speed. And this was interesting. This came up just a couple of days ago. We were, I think we were driving, we went to the grocery store, and uh, it was just uh, Val and myself in the car, and he did something. I don't remember what it was, like, you know, he moved too fast, or he knocked me or something like that, and it hurt. And I was like, hey, I was like, that hurt. And he, he kind of looked at me and said, sorry. And he looked away. And then I realized for quite a while, whenever he feels uncomfortable with something, he'll like speed it up really fast. And then he got used to it. So even when he's not uncomfortable, that's just kind of what he does sometimes. He'll say, sorry. Okay. Yeah, I got it. I'll say, hey, can you go unload the dishwasher? You know, because that's one of his chores to unload the dishwasher. So I say, hey, can you go unload the dishwasher? He goes, yeah, I got it. He's like, yeah, I'm doing it. So we started talking about his tone. And here's an interesting thing. I said, hey, buddy, when, when you say it really fast like that, are you annoyed with me? And he looks at me f like he genuinely was puzzled. He's like, what? He's like, no. I said, so when you say, yeah, I got it. Are you like trying to hurry me up because you don't want me to talk anymore? And he goes, no. What I come to find out is he's just trying to say that he got it. And he started just talking really fast with things. And it, it's funny, his speed went on to other things. Like if he said, could I have some water? And I hand him a water bottle. He'll like take it real quick, almost like he's snatching it from my hands. And I thought just a few days ago, I thought that's really interesting. He's, he's speeding up his interaction with, with physically and with tonality, with how he says things. So we had this chat and we started talking about tone. And I said, you know, the reason why I always ask you is because like when you're out with other people besides me, see, here's the thing. As a parent, I don't care really about my feelings. Like I don't need to have him apologize so I feel better. And I don't even need him to apologize so he learns to apologize. What I'm trying to do is train him to be a good adult, you know, a good human, so that when he's out with other people who are not going to be as kind as I am or as not as understanding or not looking out for his own welfare. See, I have a vested interest as his dad to make sure that he can assimilate into the world really well and he can get the most out of it and contribute the most to it. Like, yeah, I guess that's maybe my par parent manifesto. Could be. I want to make sure that I raise my kid to be a good, responsible adult so they can get the most out of the world and give the most to the world. I like that. You know what? You heard it here first. Driven entrepreneur. That's my parent manifesto. So if that's what... <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't think it's all written down, but at any rate, if that's what I want for him... So I'm trying to teach him these things like, hey, you don't think it's a problem, but if you use that tone with other people, they'll think you're mad or annoyed or, you know... Like if you grabbed a water bottle from your friend's hand or a girl you're dating down the road and you grabbed it as fast as you did, she would say, whoa, like what's going on? Or they would think you might be rude. Are you trying to be rude? He goes, no, of course not. So we started talking about the speed of the words. When I, when I say, 
would you like to apologize? Because that really hurt me. Is that something you'd like to do? And he said, and I say, you know, and then when you say to me, I'm sorry, and you say it really fast, that feels to me like it's not authentic. It feels like you're trying to rush it and you're just saying it because I asked you to. And come to find out that's not what he intended at all. So now he's starting to say it a little slower and he's saying, I'm sorry. And what's funny is he meant the same thing both times, but now it feels different to me. And now I feel like, oh, he really is sorry. And that's the story of Val and me with speed of words. I hope this was a helpful episode. This is going to wrap up episode, uh, or wrap up our Winning with Words mini series. Let me know your feedback. Let me know how it went uh, on social media at Matt Browning. There were five episodes. Just a quick recap. Make sure you go back and listen if you haven't. We talked about words creating reality. Don't say don't or can you. All about negative words. Getting unstuck with words. And we talked about things called modal operators of possibility or necessity, how to change from it can happen to it needs to happen, and and the power of each one of those situations. Last week was never say never, and today is say it like you mean it. I hope this enlightened a little bit about tone. These are some of the things that we teach in our neuro-linguistic programming classes. If you haven't learned NLP, neuro-linguistic programming, make sure you take us up on this offer. I don't know how long this is going to be going on for, but for the duration of this mini-series, I've been offering my complete total NLP practitioner manual, the one we use for our live week-long certification classes. It's a 74-page color manual, and we're offering it for free as a gift. I want as many people in the world to get into and learn about NLP as possible. It's a powerful communication tool. It'll do so much for your life, both personally and professionally. Uh, It's just exciting stuff, and I want you to have it. So if you haven't grabbed that already, make sure you head over to nlpwithmatt.com. I'll talk about it a little more at the end of the episode. Have an awesome week. Hey, it's Christmas Eve. I hope you're having a a wonderful holiday season. Uh, I hope that you have a chance to be with some people that you love. And if you don't have a chance to be with people that you love, I hope that you, you focus on making it the best time that it can be and that you take charge of your emotions, your time, your day, your week, and you really turn it into what you want it to be. That's what being an entrepreneur is all about is taking things and turning it into what you want them to be. So I hope you do that this holiday season. Have an awesome week. I will be, of course, right back at you on Friday with an interview Friday. So much love to you all. Have an awesome, awesome Christmas and I'll see you on Friday. And then one more, we only have two more episodes for the entire year. Two more episodes, Interview Friday, and then next Tuesday, it'll be Christmas Eve, and we're starting a whole brand new mini-series. I'll let you know what that's all about coming up soon. Get out there and enjoy the week. Talk to you soon. 